0: So I'm not sure what happened to our intro music there, but I think that we're uh, we're about ready to go live. So let's go ahead with it. So you're very welcome to this week's live event from the labs team here at NCBI. We're a, a man down today, JP Corcoran's uh, taking his turn to have a, a well-deserved rest this week, but we can still avail of the positively gargantuan expertise of the rest of our regular panel with Sean Doran and Daniel Dunn with us for the show today as well. And what are we going to be talking about? Well, later on in the show, we're excited to bring you an update on the smart hub, the NCBI smart hub that's being developed at the moment. Uh, We've spoken about that a couple of times on the show uh, before, of course, and uh, it's been great to see just the development of that. And our CTO, Karen O'Mahony, is going to be letting us know where where that project is at, and uh, when you can expect to have the first iteration of it, and also how you can get involved if you want. To help make it the the most useful that it can be as well. Uh, I I believe that our um, slides are gone, uh, aren't available at the moment, so just one moment and uh, we'll hopefully get back to you. So let's give this just a a moment and we'll see if we can resolve
1: our, our technical issues at the moment. OK, so I think that uh,
0: hopefully you're seeing the slides. I can't see anything on my screen at the moment, uh, but we'll continue on anyway and hopefully uh, the, there won't be any or too many issues throughout throughout the show today. JP Corcoran, this is what happens when you go away, JP. Uh, we'll, we'll get our own back on you next time, but uh, very good. So what are we going to be? What else are we going to be talking about on our show today? Well, apart from the NCBI Smart Hub update, We're going to be talking about Apple AirTags and uh, just how useful they are, but also how inclusive and accessible they are. And for that part of the show, we're going to have David Nason with us again, who no doubt you'll recognise from some of our previous live events. In our Meet the Team segment today, we're going to have the opportunity to talk to a member of NCBI's advocacy team, uh, Eva Watson and she'll be telling us a bit about the kind of work that she's involved with in NCBI as well. Of course throughout the show don't forget that we want to hear from you as well uh, so if there are any questions that you'd like answered or technology that you'd like us to cover or uh, any questions really for the, uh, throughout the, the show today you can contact us using the Q&A panel on the right hand side of Teams or you can email us at labs at NCBI. Dot IE. but first up this week we're going to talk talk about our tech news we're going to start off with the tech news and a few interesting pieces to talk about sean first of all tell us a bit about the changes to google drive
2: so, so jude um people who would use google sync and backup um maybe as opposed to google drive and maybe that people would use like um they backup up Google Photos, etc, and then there's people who would use the sort of corporate end of Google sort of backup services and um, that's all getting incorporated into one uh, application now. So it'll be like Google Drive and um, stream. OK, Nicole, it. so it's going to be like Google stream. And that's going to be like, you know, whether you're a corporate user, an enterprise user or just a home user, it's all under one banner.
0: Very good, OK. So that's the, the first of our, our news items. So that'll be interesting just to see how that that uh, develops and how usable that is as well. That'll be interesting. Daniel, I believe there are rumors of a new iPad mini on the horizon.
3: There is indeed, uh, Jude, yeah. Um now look, these are rumors, so don't don't hold us to these as to say. Um yeah, there's a there's a new iPad mini that's um being flagged that's that's going to be released. Um, you know, I suppose it's nine years since the iPad mini Come out, you know, and uh, you know, while they have made improvements to the device, it is similarly look um, all the way along. So this this time now, the apparently Apple are looking at going from the traditional 7.9 inch uh, screen. Uh, we're talking about going to somewhere between eight and a half and nine inches, so a little a little bit bigger, a little bit more uh, viewing viewing area. Uh, we're also looking at a Touch ID sensor built into a side-mounted power button. So um, it sounds like that, you know, another uh, traditional home button is, is, mm-hmm. is going to go to the consignment of history Um they're talking about good, um, you know, good up updates in the power of it. Uh, it'll support, um, you know, it'll, it'll support the stylus as well. Um, y- your stylus pencils so um, look, there's, there's plenty going to be in it um, yeah. and as usual Apple will keep their cards close to their chest, but that's um, what we've kind of got out at the moment that, um, you know, this is this is coming a bigger, a bigger iPad mini, um, more powerful. So we we'll look yeah, forward to seeing it.
0: A little bit less mini. It'll be interesting. Yeah, a little bit good. less
3: mini. Yeah. yeah, so let's
0: come back to Sean for a second. What's this I hear about the, the Clippy comeback?
2: Oh, Microsoft Clippy. Um, well, it, it wasn't what we were expecting. We, we were all dreading that Clippy was going to return and be. Bouncing over our Word documents, asking <laughs> us if he wanted to save the document or do you need a hand adding in headings or whatever Whatever, Clippy used to tell. So, Clippy used to be like the assistant and it, he was a, a paper clip who would appear down on the bottom right hand corner of Word documents and he would appear in different parts of it uh, asking, oh, Do you need help saving this document, printing this document? And he used to, you know, he, he wasn't well liked, but um, yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> I, I was actually, when I, when I seen the headline, I was dreading that. I oh know Cl- Clippy's going to have some new AI intelligence and he's going to be <laughs> even worse than he ever was, but uh, he's, he's just been brought back nostalgically in teams backgrounds.
0: Oh my so God, so imagine uh, doing the voice over for, for Clippy, uh, being the voice of Clippy. <laughs> I,
2: don't, I, don't, I, don't even, I don't even know whose voice I could I, I, I picture on that.
0: <laughs> we better not say anything here we'll get done. <laughs> don't suggest so, so, uh, anyone.
2: <laughs> so as as a as a nostalgia piece, like they're using That's um it. Clippy as a as a desk as a as a Teams meeting back, backdrop, like you know, you can blur your background or choose a yeah, picture. Yeah. Clippy will be one of them and it'll have like an animated Microsoft Paint um background and there'll be some old Windows desktops and that there. So when we seen Clippy our, our hearts all stopping it, he's not coming back, is he? But <laughs> th- 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 thankfully only only in a, in an image. Yeah.
0: Very good, so that, yeah, definitely a a bit of a nostalgic thing Um, and Daniel, there's another bit of trivia as well. I believe the blue screen of death is on the way out itself, is it?
3: Yeah, the blue screen of death, uh, famously um, to to the bane of many users and particularly back in the Windows 95, Windows 98, Windows Millennium days, it was a, a regular feature. Um, but since I suppose um, you know XP all the way up to Vista and seven, is become less and less familiar, thankfully. But still hasn't yeah. gone away, you know. Um, Microsoft in in the win- Windows 8 when they released that they jazzed up the blue screen of death, gave it a, a sad face. Very uh, what was it? The, the, the colon, the subtract, and uh, and the yeah, yeah. and the parentheses just to give it a sad face. So in 2016 they added in the QR codes which were supposed to be a handy feature that if you could um, have your camera phone just happen to be ready when the, when, the, when the computer froze or crashed that you could uh, scan the QR code and find out more uh, what about the error. And now really for Windows 11 they just seem to have uh, changed the blue screen to the black screen. So, I suppose from uh, our point of view, it's, it's a little bit more accessible <laughs> uh, <laughs> for, for low vision users if you want to take that. But that is all the improvement they're doing to it. Uh, yeah. It's just changing the blue to black. And I suppose it's to keep in theme with what they're planning for Windows 11, is their, you know, the loading screen and all that is going to be fully black as well. So, I think it's kind of. Part and parcel of all this move to, um you know, a dark mode or dark screen to to tie in with the with the you know energy saving on laptops and and things like that. So I, I I guess that's where they're coming from with it. You know, for a couple of seconds, I have blue screen, that is it is going to be up there. Well, yeah. it's going to be a black screen of that. <laughs> Yeah,
0: that's it. Yeah, we'll have to get used to calling yeah. it like black screen. Yeah, yeah. Kind
3: of like Microsoft DOS or something. I think. <laughs>
0: That's it. So it's interesting when, you're, when your tech news is about pepping up the blue screen of death, it's quite quite interesting. But uh, again, just a, a bit of kind of trivia along with some of the the uh, bigger news. Yeah, it
3: kind, of, um, kind of ties in nicely with Clippy, doesn't it? Yeah, like, doesn't it doesn't it just like, are yeah. going back to the roots. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Crash screens yeah. and, and paper clips.
0: <laughs> oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if there's, I don't know if there's any good news in there, really, Esther, but yeah, as you say, a, a bit more accessible at least. Excellent. So that's a, a bit of the tech news going around uh, at the moment anyway. But now we're going to move on to our Meet the Team segment. And we're delighted this week to have Eva Watson on our live event. So good to have you with us Eva. It's Great your turn on the spotlight.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Great to be here. Thanks.
0: Yeah. So tell us, e- Eva, tell us a little bit about um, maybe just even where where are you based? How long have you been with NCBI?
4: Yeah, so I'm I'm working in head office in from Condra at the moment, Um I've been there for two years, and um, just ah uh, two years in July, so started yeah. this month. I was there for two years, and um, so I um I've been an NCBI service user since I was ten and I went to Maynooth University in uh, 2017 to do English and sociology. And then I applied for the NSBI Gerard Byrne bursary in my final year. Actually, I applied my second year and I didn't get it. And um, so I applied again in my final year and I got the Jared Byrne bursary. And that bursary was basically just a little bit of financial help for students who are blind or vision impaired in third level education. And yeah. um which was very very welcome as a student. And yes, um yeah. and then uh, along with that I got a six month internship with NCBI, um, which was really great because uh I had absolutely no idea what I was gonna do um once I left college. Yeah. And I wasn't I wasn't quite sure what I could do um with my <laughs> English and sociology arts degree. Um yeah. <laughs> so they found a place I, for me.
0: I, I remember studying English, and what did I? What else did I study? English and history when, yeah. I, when <laughs> I did my arts degree. Now there's a, there's a combination for you to yeah, to qualify just- you for anything.
4: It's it's when you're in school and you're like, oh, I like history and I like English and I I could just do arts.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seems that's like it. a
4: great idea at the time. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> great, It seemed like a great idea at the time. How many times have we heard that? Tell yeah. us a little bit, EVA, about uh, just what what your um role with NCBI is now. Then.
4: Yeah. So, uh, so I um once I started in NCBI, I was in that advocacy team, and I had a six month internship, and here I am two years later. Which is great. So, um, I in the advocacy team, the adv- advocacy team is quite small, and um, there's uh, myself and Liz who's the advocacy officer, and um, and what our main our main um main thing we do is we've set up local advocacy networks all around the country. So these yeah. are groups of people who are blind or vision impaired, uh, NCBI service users mainly, who um who meet up around the country with people in your local areas and they work on uh they identify and try to fix and work on issues that are affecting them on a day-to-day basis so a lot sometimes uh some of the groups have you know decided to work on inaccessible traffic lights or um yeah. uh you know, uh, local businesses not having accessible menus or things like that. So my, my one of my big roles is to just to support people and um, to help them get the best outcomes that they can. And that might be, you know, drafting an email for them or uh, to yeah. helping them write an email themselves or, um, you know, phoning the council or finding yeah, the best yeah. person to ring up about a certain issue.
0: So is there a degree of kind of every day is quite different from the the previous day in in that role?
4: Yeah, yeah. and sometimes I'd come into work with with a plan of what I'm going to do for the day and I'd get nothing done because I'd be on the phone to service users all day or or people from the council or chasing up the traffic light or something like that. So it's very unpredictable.
0: I'd I'd imagine there's kind of quite a lot of potential for that to be very rewarding work as well, is there?
4: Yes, it absolutely is. And as someone with a vision impairment myself, mm. I, 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 I get so much pleasure in, you know, <laughs> fixing a yeah, yeah. traffic light somewhere for someone because I know how how much that impacts on your life. And, yeah. uh, you know, getting if referring someone on to get technology help or, or, or uh, mobility training and then just knowing how much, you know, that one email I sent has helped someone in their everyday yeah. life it's brilliant. Yeah,
0: absolutely, yeah. And I guess that kind of most of has most of your time with NCBI then kind of coincided coincided with the pandemic.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so the, fir- the first
1: yeah.
4: maybe 6 months I was uh it was fine um so that's when we set up the local advocacy groups and uh, we were able to travel around the country to and um, We travelled to Donegal and Cork and Limerick and uh, Wexford, and we got to meet all the service users face to face for their first advocacy meetings. And um, you know, we were able to you know have lunch and have a chat and meet everyone, and it was great. And then from then on out, everything we had to go we had to go online.
0: Yes, yeah. which was,
4: It was a big, it was a big struggle. It was a big, big shock to everyone. We we yeah. lost um. We lost quite a few people. Their numbers dropped quite significantly right. when we moved online because people just <laughs> didn't know what yeah, to do.
0: It's tougher, yeah. isn't it, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And have you found this kind of over the, the intervening time now that that's kind of that's rectified or is, uh, is that something that people have adjusted to? And
4: Yeah, I think people have adjusted to it quite well. And, and I really think that, you know, once uh, we're able to meet face to face again. I think it, it would be important to keep an element of the virtual aspect because a lot of people find it much easier because they don't have to travel, or they don't have the means to travel, or you know they don't they can't access yeah, yeah. the training they need. So doing it from their homes is so much easier.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It makes it um, more widely available, definitely. Um, if there's transport issues and things like that, definitely. Yep. Um, would you say, are there kind of particular things that are going on at the moment, particular projects that, that you're able to tell us about, or is there, is it kind of um, a, an ongoing situation where we said earlier that every day is different from the previous anyway?
4: Yeah, so one big thing we'd have um, at the moment is the Change Your View campaign. So um, it's a campaign that we launched a few weeks ago, I think, and um, just before was just before the outdoor dining all started. Um, and it's basically just to there's lots of information on NSP's website to keep uh, the public aware of you know the difficulties that people who are blind and vision impaired will face when once the city and everything, the country starts to open up again. And uh, information for restaurants on how to follow best practice when they are laying out their outdoor dining. And also information uh, for the government on how they can help.
0: Okay, so plenty of good information there. And that's all on NCBI.ie?
4: Yes, it is.
0: Excellent. Yeah, very good. Well, really interesting just to hear the work that's going on in advocacy there with NCBI. It's always great every week to hear um, the kind of different elements of the work that NCBI does. So we really appreciate you coming onto the show today, Eva.
4: Great to be here. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: So that was Eva Watson uh, joining us this week on our live event for our Meet the Team segment. And uh, thanks to IFA for joining us. Really interesting to hear about some of that work that's been going on as well. So let's move on uh, with today's show. We're going to move on to the subject of uh, Apple's AirTags. Now, the AirTags are another useful addition to the Apple product line, but just how good are they and how accessible are they? Well, David Nason is back with us for today's show to talk about, uh, to talk about that. Good to have you with us again, David. Hi, Thank David. Thanks for having me. You're you're becoming a, a a a recognized voice on our live events at this stage. I
5: don't know. I don't <laughs> know why you keep having me back, but you're okay as long as you have me. Oh, that's great. Something
0: must be working right, David. This is great. So tell us, David, just with uh, AirTags, air tags. Can you give us just a bit of a, a kind of an overall description of what the air tags actually are? If people have heard of them and they're kind of thinking, What what are Apple AirTags? Cool. you
5: broke up a lot there, but I think you're asking for an overall description. Um, yeah,
0: please. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, that's
5: it. So yeah, they're, they're basically just small little tags that you can attach to any kind of item, and it's to help you either find those items or not lose those items in the first place, really. Um, People might have heard of Tile, so it's a similar product to that if people are familiar.
0: OK, yeah, very good. So maybe just give us a, a bit of a kind of run through some of the Headline features, if you like. So one of them is is to do with kind of connecting something with your or using your app to find something specific, as you mentioned there. How how does that actually work? What's the what's so the way that you actually you, get the most out
5: of it? You attach the little tag to the item. So just say it's I have one on my key ring, for example, and then I can go into the app, the Find My app on the iPhone, yeah. and Go into this one of the tabs is called items and in there i'll find what i've called david's keys which is this particular uh, tag and it'll show it'll tell me where it currently is and if i left it behind somewhere it'll you know it'll tell me where it was last pinged and the way it does this is because there's millions of iphones out in the world What it can it is it itself isn't a gps tracker at all It has all it has is a bluetooth in it and it just pings all the devices around us yeah. and uses that to detect where to tell you where it is based on the, where those phones were now it's all done privately so people's phones you don't know whose phones it's pinging or anything like that it's just but it's using that network of phones to actually very figure out its yeah. location
0: yeah very good and and the way that that comes up then if that's using kind of a map or something to to show you where the location is or how does it do that is that accessible
5: yeah, it is pretty accessible. Now, it does have a map, so when you open that app, you the kind of top half of the screen is, is a map and it's kind of the same as as it's as essentially a screen from Apple Maps. So if you can see Apple Maps, you can see this app, this uh, map, but at the same time, as a voiceover user only kind of thing, it's it's not yeah. the map itself you'll struggle with. It'll kind of read, if you flick through the screen, it'll read names of some of the places, maybe that kind of thing. So you might get something from it from voiceover, but it does tell you the address, you know, the, the voiceover. It is fully accessible as much as it can be, if you know what I mean. It, yes, yeah, yeah. It'll tell uh, you yeah. the, the name of the location, that kind of thing, so. Interesting,
0: yeah. And I, I was actually kind of intrigued just to see, um, I know you've done a demonstration of how the precision tracking Works and that's yeah. definitely something that you could say is is quite accessible, isn't it?
5: Yeah, they've done a great job with that. And what that is is, once you so just say you, you know you've left your wallet in whatever location it is. When you get quite near it, um, you can then go to this feature in the app. If say find nearby, and you double tap that, and then that will actually guide you directly to the device. It will actually go like it is 10 meters to your left and as you walk, it will keep updating and if you have, um, if you have usable vision, you will actually see there's an arrow on the screen pointing, but it, it's voiceover speaks out those directions Excellent. as well that could go left, yeah. go straight this distance and as you get close to it, then it will start to vibrate your phone. Um, Brilliant. And yeah. you pick it up. Now you do have to have one of the newer-ish iPhones. I think it's kind of iPhones from like the iPhone XS upwards, or the iPhone, the newer iPhone SE, or yeah, the 11. Yes, 12, yeah. those kind of newer, newer ones because they have the chip in them that can do that precision part. But so you can yes, also, yeah. even if you don't, whether or not you have the precision finding, it has a feature where you can tell it to play a sound. So as well, so when you know you're nearby, you, on the app you say play sound, and it'll make a little sound out of the. Out of the okay. Yeah. Or
0: the yeah. Brilliant yeah so there's kind of a couple of ways that it's helping you and uh, i mentioned there that you've, you've done a video of that we might actually just uh, play that video if that's okay just to get a good idea of how the precision tracking works so i think we have that video ready
1: hi there dave here again with another look at air tags this time i'm just going to show quickly how the precision finding feature works. So this is where you have an AirTag and you can track it down. If you have an iPhone 11 or newer, you get this precision finding option. So what we're going to do is go into the Find My app.
6: Find my, find my active, find my app. Find my map, Williamstown.
1: And towards the bottom of the screen, we have tabs. So I'm gonna find the items tab and select
6: tab bar, selected devices, tab items, tab three selected items, tab three or four.
1: And then we have a list of our air tags. So underneath the items heading.
6: Items heading, David's wallet, Mullen's wing apartments, one Linden square now with you. Actions available.
1: So that's the wallet that I have air AirTag in and I've named as David's wallet. So I'm going to double tap this.
6: Map, Williamstown.
1: And again, Notifications. Map takes up the top kind of two thirds or so of the screen. So I'm going to tap it two thirds of the way down.
6: Play sound off button.
1: So we have a play sound, I'll come back to that.
6: Now button, with you, button. David's wallet, with you, button.
1: And I'm just going to swipe right through the different options here.
6: Now, play sound, find nearby button
1: until we get to find nearby. And I'm now going to select this.
6: Fun. Signal is weak. Try moving to a different location. Finding David's wallet heading.
1: Okay, we do sometimes get that signal is weak and sometimes you'll get a message meters. that it is calibrating, but now you'll have heard it said eight point seven meters, Meters, 7 meters. I'm gonna turn around. Seven point
6: seven point six six meters, 6.1 meters, 6 meters, 6 meters. Calibrating ellipsis. So five six six point six point one meters. Six point two meters. Five point four meters five, five point five five point so two meters Try moving in a different direction to locate here. your item four point seven meters. And it is four
1: point four
6: point five meters. Signal is weak. Try moving to a different location. 4.44.6 meters. 4.4.54.44.84.9 meters your right. 5 compass item 4.4 point 4.4 meters your right four, 4. four point four, four two point, four, four point, four point meters to your left. Four point four three 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 point three 3.3, 3.3, three three point three point four three point three meter ahead.
1: So it's saying it's ahead of me. Three two point
6: two 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 point two 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 point two point two one 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 point two meter ahead. One point one point two meter ahead. So I'm getting
1: very close One point one
6: meter ahead. Point nine meter nearby.
1: And as I do this, point eight point seven
6: meter nearby. Point eight meter nearby. Point seven meter nearby.
1: I also get vibrations on the phone, and the closer you get to it, the faster. 0.8 meter nearby.
6: Point seven meter. Point eight meter nearby
1: those vibrations go those 0.7 meter nearby
6: 7. Point 0.4 meter 0.3 meter so nearby
1: three So around here somewhere but just say 0.2 meter
6: nearby Point six, six meter nearby 0.7 meter tre- play a sound so meter. done button play sound button I just swipe it a
1: couple of times there find the play sound button
6: play sound 0.4 meter nearby 0.3 meter nearby 0.2 meter nearby here and Here. Play sound, but button, button. done button. can of the card map.
1: And I found my wallet. And that's how the precision finding option works. So when you are nearby to this item, you can get these um, directions given to you through the app. So they are visual on screen, but as you'll have heard, VoiceOver also speaks them out and says which direction to go. Is it ahead of you? Is it to the left? Is it to the right? And updates you on the distance. So that's precision finding on AirTags. Thanks for watching and see you in the next one.
0: Very good. Well, that, that uh, sounds very useful. Um, David, is is it actually is as useful as it sounds? That sounds like a, a great um, function that's on there. Is it one of those things that's kind of um, sounds great, but you'll never use it, or do you use that quite a bit? <laughs>
5: It's a bit the former in the sense that I haven't lost my keys or my wallet, really, so <laughs> therefore haven't had to use it. Yeah, yeah. But it is, but then again, you know, and in iOS 15 uh, they're bringing a new, and I have that the base of that running on my iPhone, and I was down on holidays and I kind of wasn't bringing my keys out with me, you know, which so we'd go out in the car and then, um, I didn't have because I had a hotel kind of car I didn't have my actual keys. And every time yeah. I left the complex I'd get a notification that would pop up and say you've you're you've left your keys behind or you know so whatever okay, that might yeah. be you've left your wallet behind which is a that's a new thing that they've added they're adding to us called separation alerts which I think could be really useful because you could have them in your jacket and then when you leave the leave the pub or whatever it'll say hey you yeah yeah keys, you know or whatever that's actually be. dead so, handy as well
1: yeah yeah
5: yeah, yeah. so yeah. I think they are really good but it's just how often you actually need it? It's one of those. They're not something to get excited about necessarily, but they're a really useful thing to have. You know, that's
0: how I kind, kind of. a safety it. net almost.
2: Yeah. I, yeah. True, I, I I've only read about pubs in the history books, but um, I believe people are putting <laughs> uh air tags on their like maybe their cats or their dogs when they're out <laughs> <Yeah. chicken fighting. laughs> well. <laughs> and about to you can find them. Excellent. And people yeah, put them yeah, on their yeah. on
5: their can- on their white canes as well. And um, again, so you don't. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can, so you can find it basically when you're. Uh, you'll know it is actually someone just else's house
0: or something. Yeah. Yeah. Just hearing some of the kind of practical uses for it. How do you actually attach one of these to something? Yeah. Well, it, it looks kind you know, of like so a coin,
5: doesn't it? It is. I suppose it's probably about. The diameter is a little bit bigger than a two euro coin, I'd say, and it's two or three times as thick as a two euro coin, so it's small but not tiny, you know what I mean, so yeah, I think like putting in the wallet, it was, it didn't fit very nicely into the wallet, but you, could, you can put them in there if you want kind of thing, um, but it doesn't have any little kind of holes, so unlike some of their competitors like Tile or Samsung's Galaxy ones have a little kind of hole that you can put a key ring through, apples don't have anything like that, so yeah. if you want to attach it to anything, you have to buy an accessory, of course. So the AirTag itself is €29, Euro, but then you're buying an accessory, which is a decent price and it's very competitive with you, with their competition. But then you have to buy an accessory on top of it. So yeah, I bought, yeah. now Apple sell a key ring that's about €30, €35, Euro, I think. But they also sell a Belkin one for 15 and I bought one on Amazon for about €3. Euro. <laughs> so, you okay, know, yeah, you, know yeah. you, don't to, you don't have to buy these. <laughs> expensive one and there's ones you know for clipping to luggage or you know there's various if you go into amazon or anything like that now you'll see is a
0: that range yeah of different um accessories the ones i saw they're kind of like um little key ring with almost like a little pocket that this goes in is mm-hmm. that pretty much what it's like yep, yeah,
5: use, yeah
0: yeah 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 very good so okay. that makes it a bit you
5: can a, nice a bit more one, or you can, yeah or you can go cheap like i did and just
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i <laughs> also
2: I've also seen them the, the, the come with lanyards, uh, like, like, like a corded yeah. cable, so if you wanted to tie it around a suitcase because they might not have, uh, you know, something a keyring, a key holder can go on, so yes, they do come yes. with like a lanyard for, tie, for tying around things also. So there's, yeah. there's going to be different ways to attach them.
5: Yes, yeah, yeah very good. I've heard and of like, people putting them in, yeah, even in, on, you know, into their bike saddles and things like that as well. Yeah, yeah. Taping <laughs> it in hidden, kind of.
2: JP, yeah, JP yeah. actually did, JP's actually done that, so he's probably oh out cycling God. his bike today.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking there, if you, if you put it in your you know your luggage when you're going on holidays and your luggage doesn't come out, the next thing you see, it's just heading back over the south coast of Ireland or something like that, would that work?
5: put it in last hour yeah. and you decide it's gone to the wrong country. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, definitely. Yeah, plenty, plenty, of different applications for it, I'd say. And uh, you can actually kind of personalize the the appearance of these as well, can't you? There's a, you can actually put like images on of of your own on it, I believe, as well. So it's kind
5: you of interesting. Have, you idea. can actually an engraving anyway. Yes, yeah, so you can put an yeah. emoji on it or put your initials on it. Or yeah,
0: it. yeah, yeah. So properly monogrammed one. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, excellent. And um, tell us a bit about the the last mode, David.
5: Uh, I think it's essentially doing the same thing, except when you put into lost mode, it'll actually try and actively ping nearby phones so that if if there's one in lost mode sitting on the side of the street and you walk past it and you, you know, it will ping your phone and you'll actually be able to go and and actually scan that air tag then. And then if I put a message in to say, hey, this is David, please call this number, um, you know, you can get that information. And even, I think even Android phones can do that scan they Wouldn't get pinged by it necessarily, but they would get uh, they can't if they see one there, they can scan it and it will mm. tell them who to That's call it. or what have you.
0: Yeah, so yeah, yeah it's
5: just to help you with finding it.
0: Yeah, I suppose as well, like if they're, if they're, uh, did you say 29 euro for, for each one? Um, I know you can get kind of um multi yeah, of, of packs of them as well, but yeah. uh, they're they're expensive enough, really, for each one, you don't want to be losing any of them, so to have the last mode in it. Um, and obviously they're yeah. going to be with something that's valuable to you as well. So you've got <laughs> that well, exactly as well. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, one concern that maybe people might have about about these, and uh, I know it's it's kind of been mentioned before in, in discussions about the air tags, is just because they're so small and if they're connected to your iPhone or whatever, it'll track that. The there's kind of a little bit of a scare or a little bit of a worry about how they could be used to track people. You could just, you know, slip one in somebody's bag or their their pocket or whatever. I think there's a few things that they've done to kind of, to make that um, less dangerous though in that way, is there?
5: Yeah, they say they've safeguarded against that with things like if I was to leave an, an air tag, if you a bag and then I I walk off, you'll get an alert to say, Hey, there's an air tag near you. that's yeah. not yours. So as soon as I leave the my air tag behind, um, and if it's tracking, you know, and if it's near another person's iPhone for a significant amount of time, like a few hours, then it will, um, it'll it'll yeah, send them a message on their phone to say, hey, yeah, yeah. One, there's an unknown air tag tracking you. Now, I think the question is how long. I think it's three hours or something. I got to the question is that too short. We don't all want to be getting pinged constantly by other people. airtime because you want to be tracked. So I'd say I think that's probably an ever changing thing. I think they're probably trying to find the, the right balance on that. And then there was queer there was worries around Android because you know you could still maybe be tracking people, although they, that Android phone wouldn't be directly giving you information if they're near other iPhone users, you would still be able to track that. Android user, so I think they have shortened the uh, time before. Uh, I think it was originally three days, but I think they've shortened it now. So if you, if you're an, even if you're an Android user and this one, um, yeah, yeah, following you for a while, that you'll be told. So yeah, that is, kind yeah, of there is a bit interesting. of interesting. Yeah, you know, interesting to think how, just how just that
3: would work. Put that question to you, David, I was just asking for a friend, like um, yeah, what would happen with an Android owner? But that answers my question. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> as far
5: as I know, now Anyway, yeah, they. Um, they have built that, <laughs> they have thought yeah. of that anyway. And I mean, these products, I mean, they they exist, you know, tiles that have been making them for years, and then people say yes, uh, yeah. that there are other, there are actual GPS trackers that, if, if somebody is minded to stalk people, there are, there are better solutions, unfortunately, that they can get than the Apple AirTag, but. Um, yeah, yeah,
0: so the, yeah. Actual, the actual, actual practical definitely something danger of it isn't as, as high as yeah. it might sound. Yeah, 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 but it's, it's kind of an interesting. Yeah, interesting thing though, even even their solution to that, of kind of um, notifying you if somebody else's air tag is, is nearby, mm. it'd be interesting when there's kind of more crowds around and things like that. If somebody has, for example, one of these in their wallet on their person and you've got crowds around, it'd be interesting to see the yeah. uh, <laughs> how many, um, responses you might get near us. yeah.
3: Okay. If a quick yeah. question. Um, you know, would would it be uh, feasible in your opinion, um maybe to use some of the air tags as kind of wayfinders? So if somebody, you know, miss say out in their garden or whatever, you know, wanted to kind of mark where the gate was or, you know, mark something in particular, um, would it would it be a viable solution that way? I think it
5: would. Um I've heard of somebody saying they were going to do this. Now you are limited to a max of sixteen of them. So if you wanted to use it, you know, for various different routes or something like that, mm-hmm. you probably you might run out of tags pretty quickly. Do you know that kind of way? on your account? Mm-hmm. but I think you could use it in that way. Um, you know, you'd need that precision finding aspect to us, um, and then you could you could get there. But because um, it does give very precise, if you have that, that precision finding feature, it does it does get very precise. So, yeah, that's the iPhone
3: 11 or higher, isn't it? The precision feature.
5: Yeah, I couldn't remember myself, and then my video there. So <laughs> I said, "Yeah, 11." So I, tr- I trust my uh, my former self. yeah,
0: uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very good. Yeah, That's just,
3: just just thinking maybe you know someone on a farm or something that wanted to you know kind of get to get yeah. to certain buildings around. People it actually, mm-hmm.
5: yeah, and even actually using the sound again. So uh, the sound isn't particularly loud, so you wouldn't be using this. Mm-hmm. It, you know, if this car is driving by, just outside, you might struggle to hear it. But when you get quite close to it, you should be able to hear the sound as well. Exactly. Again, if you're looking for a very something very specific, like um, turn off, or even if it's a case where there's, you know, looking for your driveway, I think yeah, like walking down the road, like just having that, especially with the precision bit, you yeah. say, and you find it hard to know which is my driveway, then I think something like this could um, could be useful.
3: And there's a battery in them too, isn't there? So you quite you get quite a bit of them.
5: Yeah, that's what
3: they say it lasts a year, yeah. mm. and when when that battery goes,
0: just while we're on the subject, um, are they like? Is that something that it has to be a specific Apple AirTag battery? Um,
5: no, thankfully they went with. Oh, kind of a CS nine or something. Um, uh, it's a standard battery that you can get in any uh, any shop that would sell batteries. Well, that's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or what have you. Um, and it's yeah. usually replaceable. You don't have to send it off or anything like that. You just kind of put two thumbs down on it, and you just slightly turn it, and the top pops off. It's very easy to do. Yeah. Um. Right. And then you um.
0: Out. Speaking of kind of how easy it is to to do that. How easy it is it to to set up? So, for example, um, you know, for somebody with sight loss, is that quite an easy setup at the start?
5: Yeah, dead simple. So if if anyone has Air AirPods, the, you know, the Bluetooth AirVons, it'd be familiar. it's very similar to that, where you essentially when you, uh, you unpack the AirTag, you take it out of the box, there's a little kind of tag that's keeping it switched off, that's kind of keeping the battery case open. And when you pull that out, it activates, the AirTag, and that's the start of your 12 month battery life, and then you bring it kind of close-ish to your phone and a little pop up will come up on the screen saying AirTag connected, uh, AirTag detected, do so you want to set it up? You just say yes, it takes you into the app and just guides you step by step, which is very short. It's just, you know, giving it a name and that kind of thing. So, it's yeah, pretty, yeah, 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 simple. Really easy to use.
0: Yeah, excellent. So you've been using these for a little while, um, David, at this point, have you? Um, What's your overall impression if we're kind of just to round up the the conversation on that, what's your overall impression
5: of them? Yeah, I think they're really good, really useful things. Um, For me, I'd say it's it's, 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 if you think it will be useful to you, as in you'd like to have something on your keys or your wallet or your cane or your dog or whatever it is that would help you just, just to either track that down where um whether it's on a regular basis or you're just concerned about losing certain valuable things and just having this tag gives you a bit of peace of mind and just helps you to find those things, then it's really useful. I as I say it wasn't it's not super exciting like getting a new phone or getting a new yeah, watch yeah. or something, but it's yeah. a useful accessory, it's a very very useful accessory. And I think, you know, it's it's not too expensive either. So not cheap, yeah. but not too expensive.
0: Yeah, you don't want to be uh, sitting around there waiting for your kind of entertainment of, I can't wait to see how <laughs> this works. <laughs> yeah,
5: yeah. It is fun to use precision finding for the first few times though, just yeah. to go to test it out, you know what I mean? Just to see how yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it sounds really, yeah, really like useful.
0: That. Yeah. And, and again, something like this is supposed to be functional, it's supposed to achieve a particular thing. And if it does that well, then, then you're kind of happy with it, aren't you? <laughs>
5: Yeah. And again, as well, as long as you're happy enough to be in that Apple universe as well. Um, you know, what I mean, yeah. obviously, if you decide, oh, I'm going to buy an Android phone next year, all your AirTags are pretty much useless. <laughs> so that's the yes, have yeah, yes. to always be aware so, of with these kind of things now. But,
0: yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, well, really interesting just to, to hear a bit more about how they work and how well they work as well and how accessible they are too. And we really appreciate you coming on the show today, David. Not delighted to be here. Thank you. Okay. Very good. So that was uh, David Nason talking to us about Apple AirTags. And again, kind of a, a, just a, an interesting uh, piece just to hear about their functions. Obviously, it's maybe uh, unless unless you found yourself losing, losing things a, a number of times, you're maybe not going to get overly excited about it. But it is actually great just to hear uh, how well a, a feature like that can use because when <laughs> when it happens, it's such a frustrating thing. So uh, to be able to to have an easy solution is is great. So thanks to uh, David Nason for joining us on the show this week to talk about that. Now, moving on, we promised you earlier uh, an update on the NCBI Smart Hub project. Now, this is a, a project that we're really excited about here on the Labs team. And NCBI, uh, NCBI's CTO, Kyron O'Mahony, joined me earlier today to give us that update. So let's find out some more from Karen. So you're very welcome back to our live events, Karen. Good to have you back. It's been a little while. Yeah, good to be back, Jude.
7: I think the last time it was on a live event, was it either just before Christmas or just after Christmas, something like that. Yeah, I think that's it, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's it's actually interesting what's been happening um, in that time because, I know you've been on the live event talking about the the NCBI Smart Hub before, which is a really exciting um, development for, for NCBI Labs. But you, you've got a bit of an update for us today. But maybe um, if you can start by just reminding us what what is the the Smart Hub project all about?
7: So uh, the my NCBI Smart Hub is is a really exciting project, as you said. It's it's the first time that NCBI is building their own piece of technology to directly support people with sight loss. So the question is why Why and what we're doing. Well, why we're doing it because I really believe the technology is a huge enabler for people with sight loss, and it's a huge way to overcome um, barriers. And what the smart hub is, is, is basically um, a voice controlled application that will run on Alexa and Google yeah so what that will mean is that you'll be able to interact with ncbi and ncbi services using your voice via um, amazon or google so you can say things like um hey alexa um tell me about ncbi or you can say things like um you know alexa tell me about the types of site loss and it'll read back that information to you and the most beautiful thing about this 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 project really is is that it's using a technology that's accessible right out of the box. So, you know, given that there's no screen for someone who maybe has lower vision or, or no vision, um, this is an accessible tool from the get so go. So it's, really, it's a really important project, and I think it's, it's progressing really well, um, and we're looking forward to getting as many um, people with sight loss in Ireland and internationally involved in the project.
0: Brilliant, yeah, and I think you were saying before as well that there's kind of elements of being able to like book events and all sorts of things like that. If there's an event that you want to kind of uh, make sure to attend.
7: Yeah, so what what we want to do is there's kind of there's two core aspects of 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 the smart hub. one is that it's an informational tool so you can use um, Amazon or Google to retrieve information about NCBI you can do, um, you can have information about site loss, um, which, is, which is really important, you know what I mean? Because if you Google, for example, I, I suffer from nystagmus. If if you Google nystagmus, you might get, you know, 50 million review, or results, <laughs> reviews. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 50 million <laughs> results of- um, Yeah,
0: can't of, imagine of the review score will be high on that one.
7: No, not really, no. It's probably <laughs> probably a one out of five for that, for that yeah. type of site loss. Um, yeah but what what's what's great about this is that we're going to consolidate that information about site loss into a uh, into a smart hub, and we're working with uh, david Keegan uh, Professor David Keegan from the Matter Private to uh, review all of the um, uh, all of the site loss information on treatments as well so it'll be curated content too so that's really important. so that's kind of the informational side. There's also the side about how we can interact with NCBI because you know um a laptop can be very expensive and living in this kind of virtual COVID world or, or semi covid world as, as restrictions ease it's still really important to have access to um the services that SCBI provide um yeah. uh, virtually and i think this this piece of technology because like an alexa or a google is only 40 euro ish there they, you know there is more expensive versions but the, the entry one is only about that cost you can um you can get one quite cheaply. So you can say things then as well as that, you know, Alexa, uh, read or play the latest NCBI podcast or read me the Insight magazine. Or what's really exciting is that if you're a Bookshare subscriber, um, so if you use the, the Bookshare service from NCBI, which has access to thousands and thousands of educational books and, and, and leisure books, which by the way is is, is is a free service for all library members, you will be able to uh, use Alexa to read your favourite book back to you, and, and I think that's 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 such an uh, important thing. In um, additionally, if if you'd like to make an appointment to see your CRW, you can say Alexa, make an appointment with NCBI, and the smart hub will do that for you. And what we're working on doing is, toward the end of the project, is actually been able to say, Alexa, I need support from NCBI, and it will create a phone call and it will call directly into into NCBI, which will again will save you the price of a phone call. Maybe you, you know, in your house yeah, you might yeah. have a mobile phone or whatever the case may be. So that's that's a great one. Or, you know, a very popular service in our team, um, Jude, is the technology support line. So you can say, Alexa, I need some technology support, and it'll call through automatically to a member of the NCBI Labs team who are available in kind a of nine to five for, for technology support.
0: It's a it's quite an extensive project actually when, when you just kind of describe the functions and the, the amount of information will be on it, the amount of um, actions you can do. It's quite a, an extensive pro- project. And obviously, I think the last time that we were talking, it was there'd been a lot of work gone into the planning phase. Um, but where are we in, in development at the moment? Where's the Smart Hub project at the moment?
7: Well, we have a number of what's called development cycles, or our sprints is the is what they call them in um, in the development world. And we've gone through two of those sprints at the moment. They last a total of three weeks at a time, and we estimate that the overall project will be completed towards um, the end of November. So okay. what we're actually working on at the moment is we do have uh, a working version um, that we've been testing uh, amongst the, uh, the Smart Hub project team. Um, And that one at the moment will give you all the information about NCBI and its services and site loss. Yeah, it's it's not quite ready for 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 public release, but it's getting close. So what we're hoping to do is over the next week or two as the system becomes more polished and as we fix a lot of the initial bugs in in any piece of. Of software development, uh, you you inevitably get bugs so um, we're going to try and fix as many of them and maybe within two to three weeks we'd like to release it to the public for the for some 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 feedback now it won't do everything it'll be the first part of of the my ncbi project if you are my ncbi smart Hub project but it'll be um it'll be a good taster of some of the features to come and i think you know what you said what you said is so accurate when we were designing this we really wanted to get as many features as possible into the smart Hub because. We've heard so much and loudly and clearly from um, from our service users and the the broader sight loss community that they love uh, voice assistants and they use them day to day. And most most of the um, the people with sight loss that I've talked to and I've I've sat in on a, a lot of the the technology clubs that we run once a week just to see if this would be something that that you know people would be interesting interested in. Yeah. And the feedback has been so strong. So and most people seem to actually have like an Alexa or Google. Already, yeah, yeah. so we really want to make sure that we can cram as much features into into this as possible, and um, we've partnered with a with a great company called Cation Consulting, Cation Consulting. Um, they're an Irish company, um, and they've done other other Alexa skills from the the Reiner uh, Alexa skill. They've done the the GA Alexa skill as well. So these guys know what the, know what they're doing, and um, they've been great to work with so far. So. We'll continue working with them right away the through to November, and uh, hopefully we can we can build as many features as possible.
0: Brilliant, yeah, and and I think that that side of it is kind of something that's good to emphasise. It's, it's not to be underestimated. Sometimes there might be a, a kind of almost like a I don't know if you could say a single function um, development or or a piece of software that's being developed, but this is something that's actually it's not a small project. It's it's something that's that's quite in depth. Um, no, and that's like quite, give, quite a big thing for NCBI.
7: Yeah, to, to give you to give you a sense of, of of the team. So we have um, internally, you've you know Sean Doran, who's uh, been on the live event a number of times. He's he's working on the project, um, and we have uh, Alan Leleish, uh, who is a, a consultant project manager. He's he's working for NCBI for the duration of this project, and then Katie and have a team of. Um, about five people that's working on it. So and then I would I would dip in and out. I just like, you know, taking all the credit, whereas this team are actually doing all the work. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but, uh, the, no, yeah, I, best way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, we, in all serious no that serious no people are, are really um, are really proud of the work that they're doing. Um, yeah. and it's 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 a great team that's kind of come together to, to get this built for for people with sight loss. And what we're actually hoping to do as well is we don't want this technology just to be limited to um, uh, site loss. I think that has great application across other charities in Ireland, so we'd be um, looking to see if we can support other charities, deploy the same technology um, uh, into 2020, late 2021 and into 2022. Um, so for now, we're, we're really focused on on getting as many of the, the features built as possible. Um, there's, there's a lot of testing that we need to do. Yeah. But really what we want to do is make it as good as we possibly can for um, people with sight loss.
0: And when you say that there's a, a lot of testing to do, uh, have you got kind of um, a number of testers in from outside? Are you still looking for testers? What What's the situation with that at the moment?
7: So, I, I want to get as many people testing as possible. Now, I suppose I should probably explain what I mean by testing. Um, so, what's really important is that it's more feedback than testing. Like if if you've never done yeah. any testing before, that's fine. All I all I really want is for someone to to turn it on. You know, all you have to do is to turn it on and say Alexa, launch my NCBI. Um, once it's once it's 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 on, you you play around with it, see do you like the features, and then write us an email and say uh, this is what we liked and this is what we didn't like. Or if there's something that happens that's confusing or something that that happens that, you know, um. Wasn't clear. Just let us know. So it's not, yeah. it's not, it's not formal testing in the in the technology world. You like, you don't need to have a, um, a technology degree or anything like that to, or worked in a, a technology company to do this. This is just about making um, the NCBI Smart Hub as uh, as useful as possible. So it's more feedback. Yeah. So I would welcome any of the listeners today to to join and send us an email email, and we'd we'd happily include you in the testing. And all you got to do is. Um, send an email to smarthub, S-M-A-R-T, H-U-B, at ncbi.ie, and then we'll give you all the details of what you need to take take part.
0: Great, very good. And it is kind of important to emphasise that it's real-world testing, so there, there's no point in kind of thinking of it as being some, um, you know, having to having to have those that big level of technical knowledge. We want to know how it responds in real-life situations, doing what you want it to do every day. Yeah. And I mean
7: people can also like it. it's testing sometimes sometimes is to tell us how bad it is as well as how yeah. good it is. You know, you don't have yes, to yeah. <laughs> you don't have to mince your words in the testing. Like if it's not uh if it's not something that you think is useful, just let us know. Now, what I would say is if you don't have uh an Amazon uh Alexa or a Google home, we have a limited amount that we can uh send out to our service users. Part of the funding for this uh, project meant that we were allowed to buy in um uh, a number of 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 devices so we do have a now i would say it is a limited (laughs) yeah yeah it's a it's a limited amount of 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 devices so really if you'd like to if you'd like to be involved and you don't have one still reach out to us because we may have um we may have some devices left there is still some left at the moment and, and we'd happily send you down and those devices then would be yours to keep so um and you don't have to just use that device for a smart hub you can use it for listening to the news or listening to radio as well so that's yeah, yeah. that's an, maybe an an incentive um yeah. for, for people to join up yes
0: yeah, also you know it sweetens the deal a bit
7: <laughs> yeah it is indeed also and i know in a few weeks we have um some of the team from from amazon uh joining the the live event but just to just to say a huge thank you to. The the Amazon team, Um, they've sent us over 30 devices as well. They're very excited about this project. So Amazon directly donated 30 devices to NCBI, which means that in every NCBI location, there is an Amazon uh, Echo available for demonstration. So if if you don't have a a voice assistant or a a voice um, speaker uh, at home and you're interested in, in, in getting one, but maybe you don't want to spend the money you know, do drop into an NCBI location. We've sent them around around the country now, and all of the technology trainers that uh, work in our team have um, have one for demonstration. So if it's something that you're curious about, maybe you'd like to even see a demo of the uh, of the, the Smart Hub before you get involved, do do reach out to one of the NCBI offices. And um, bearing in mind all the, the usual kind of COVID best practices, but um, all of our offices are open as well at the moment if you want to make an appointment to come in.
0: Brilliant, yeah, and great to see Amazon's involvement there as well, and their kind of support for that. That's great. So just, you you mentioned about testing and what's going on at the moment. Um, What are, realistically, the next steps? How does the project go from here?
7: Well, the next steps really for us, uh, from a development point of view, are um, we will continue. We have a list of features that we need to build. So what we're building at the moment is, We've done all the informational pieces and we're going through our bug testing, which I'd I'd love people to be involved in. Uh, what we're building at the moment is, uh, well, two things. One is the, the ability to log in. So if you have um, a myNCBI account on our website, you'll be able to use that to, to log into the smart speaker. Similar to how you would log into the Spotify on, on the smart speaker. Um, that's been built at the moment. Also, what we're working on is, is how you can make an appointment with NCBI or you could uh do a referral through to NCBI or if you'd like to volunteer with NCBI all of those features were are in the current development uh, um um development cycle or sprint and all you need to do is 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 when when they're built is you'll, you'll say alexa make an appointment with NCBI and then a member of our team will contact you to to um to to confirm it you know so
0: brilliant yeah Brilliant. And you were mentioning just about the kind of timeline of this. Um, I think you said around November for the for the kind of final, the end of the project, but there'll be something out in a couple of weeks. Is that going to be something that's then kind of updated between then and November on an incremental basis?
7: Yeah, so what we'll, what we'll do between, um, so when the first release goes out to the public, uh, once that's out, then every three weeks we would expect to release uh, an update. So, uh, and that's why if you, if you are testing, like it'll be good because every three weeks you'll get to you'll get to experiment with some of the new features. Um, so, uh, yeah, once the first release is out, it'll be every three weeks, uh, and then a new feature will be released or, or some of the bugs will be fixed, and and we'll continue to go through that process until we get to the end of end of November.
0: Brilliant, well, it's great to catch up with you and see what's happening with the NCBI Smart Hub project at the moment, certainly a really exciting one. We'll have to have you back in, Karen, to to update us again when there's uh, more developments to talk about as well. But for for now, thanks very much for joining us on today's live event. Thanks,
7: Jude, great to be here.
0: So that was uh, Karen O'Mahony giving us that update on the NCBI Smart Hub, and it really is something that um, we are kind of uh, very excited about in the the NCBI Labs team, but also because of the the potential there is for this to be something that's really built for um, those who will get the most benefit from it. So it's uh, we we really want that involvement as well. If you want to to be involved and give us the feedback, uh, let us know what you think about the NCBI Smart Hub as well. We really want to to hear from you. So we'll, we'll give you those details again shortly. We had it through the video there, but we'll give them to you again shortly if you want to be involved uh, with that. But now we're going to just uh, move on to our tech help section just before we finish up for today. today. And uh, Daniel, I believe you've been helping someone with navigating around Microsoft PowerPoint. Can you maybe share a few tips with us as well for that?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, one of our service users there, um, was uh, putting, putting together, um, their, their PowerPoint slideshow and, um, they came a little bit of cropper, I suppose, trying to select uh, slides and delete them. So, um, there's a hotkey for navigating around through the different panes or portions, I suppose. If you can consider, PowerPoint is being made up of maybe four different sandboxes, and the F 6 key will navigate you, or Shift F6 in reverse order, obviously uh, will navigate okay. you to these different panes, I suppose. And um, so, when you press F6, you'll you'll jump from um, you know the current slide you're working on, and it'll bring you down on to um, the status bar. Uh, if you press F6 again, it will cycle you back up to the, the main menu, uh, which is, is uh, also accessed by using your alt hockey. And then if you go F6 one more time, it's going to bring you into what we call a slide overview um, pane, which is for, for visual users, is down the left hand side of your PowerPoint program. And from there you can navigate up and down through the slides um, rather quickly and then using obviously your shift F10 for your options. It'll give you the option, then, to you know, move a slide or delete a slide or do different, do different um, overview works, I suppose, with a slide. And I suppose taking that a little bit further than outside of um, Microsoft PowerPoint, it's actually a useful um, keystroke to know for the Microsoft Outlook program. Because again, it will bring you around on to the different portions of outlook. Um, You might want to access your calendar. You might want to jump from the reading pane up to the menu and back around to the folders overview pane as well. So um, plenty plenty of uh, uses there for for the F6 uh, key and also in Google Chrome as well. you can you can use the f6 key there to, to navigate across the, the the bookmarks bar and across across onto the, the main um address bar and options that are associated at the top of the screen in uh google chrome so it's a handy little one to know the f6 key yeah. he can be he can be your friend
0: yeah brilliant i thought for a minute i was hearing somebody frantically pressing the f6 key but then i realized it must be a, a bit of construction work going on behind you <laughs> there is
3: there's a little bit of construction work going on here today uh, yeah. so sorry about Gap anyone 16. who's listening in those uh, I think we, we had a wasp earlier on <laughs> so sorry about that everyone well, that's okay. great
0: and uh, really useful um, tech help again this week and nice that it's kind of it's something that goes across different applications as well so appreciate that Daniel and uh, that's good to have uh, this week's tech help again and uh, we'll be back of course on our next show with some more tech help. So hopefully you've enjoyed our show today. Just a reminder again, of course, that if you need any technology assistance, you can get support from the labs team from nine to five, Monday to Friday on 1800 110 or uh, 2975, And you can email labs at ncbi.ie or to avail of the wider NCBI services you can call 1850 33 53 or email info at ncbi.ie of course we always appreciate your support of ncbi as well and if you'd like to make a donation to help support our services you can do that through donate.ncbi.ie and uh, as we mentioned earlier in in our smart hub update if you want to be involved with the testing as we mentioned there that's really just Uh, seeing what works at the moment, giving us feedback, letting us know what you like, what you don't like about the Smart Hub. If you'd like to be involved so that your voice is heard in the development of that as well, email smarthub at ncbi.ie. That's S-M-A-R-T-H-U-B at ncbi.ie. And uh, that would be great to involve you in that as well. Now, just before we go, just a reminder of what we're going to be talking about in future live events. We're going to be uh, talking to our colleagues in RNIB about technology in one of our future live events. We're also going to be talking about the SiteTech Global event. It was an event that started last year with quite a, a number of different technologies being uh, referred to there. We're going to be talking to the organizer of the Cite Tech Global event event on our next live event, hopefully, and also there's quite a big progress report on another piece of tech that we've talked about on our live events before, but you're just going to have to tune in to find out what that is. So uh, tune in to our next live event and uh, we'll have some more information on that uh, for you. Just a reminder that our next show is in two weeks' time, so that's Tuesday, July 27th at the usual time of 2.30. And if you want to stay up to date with what's happening on our live events as well as plenty more, you can subscribe to our newsletter on our website, or you can email us at labs at ncbi.ie if you'd like to subscribe to the newsletter. So all that's left for me to do is to thank our guests today, David Nason, Aoife Watson and Karen O'Mahony. And of course, thanks to everyone listening in as well. And from Sean, Daniel and myself, goodbye for now. And we look forward to having you all back with us soon for another NCBI Labs event.